Welcome to Commune, where each week we explore the ideas and practices that bring us together and help us live healthy and purpose-filled lives. I'm your host, Jeff Krasnow. Now, what does it mean to live a perfectly imperfect life? To a lot of us, it can sound like an oxymoron. How can two opposites both be true? But to quote the Tao, all can see beauty as beauty only because there is ugliness. Because there is darkness in life, there is also light. When life is difficult or traumatic, we must remember that grace is there too, side by side. So how do we find this balance? Kimberly Snyder is a New York Times bestselling author and the founder of Soluna and the Feel Good Movement. Her personal journey of nutrition, psychology, and philosophy has led her to embrace the imperfect perfection or the perfect imperfection of life and cultivate practical methods to fully inhabit the body. Through food choices and wellness practices, she offers ways for us to reduce inflammation and build balanced daily routines. All of us face down days when we feel out of harmony with ourselves, but when we give ourselves the grace and the space to heal as we are, we are actively creating harmony through that disharmony. It's the knowledge that mistakes aren't just okay, they're necessary. I'm your host, Jeff Krasno, and welcome to Commune. Jeff, it's so amazing to be sitting here. We've been talking about this podcast for months, so this is a little bit surreal. It's a dream come true. It is a dream. Who am I? I am a... I'm an unlimited being, just like you. Good You're answer. light, formless, but we're here having an embodied experience. So I'm here. Um, I work with people on feeling better in their bodies, getting back into their bodies, which is ironic because I wasn't in my body for a long time until recently. Uh, I work with people on their food, on their lifestyle, on meditation, actually being here now. People would call me a nutritionist, they call me an author, but um, it's really about, for me, helping people reconnect and feel good within themselves. Hmm. I've been waiting, I've, I've, this is, I think, my 52nd interview, wow. so that's like a year. Wow. Right? And I've been waiting for that answer. Everybody <laughs> everybody always says, kind of, kind of recites their resume to me, um, as if that is who they are. Right. But things changed for me pretty drastically about two years ago when I had a series of life events that came up out of nowhere. My mom passed away really suddenly. Um, I've actually never talked about this publicly, but a few months later, I ended up leaving my partner, uh, my son's father. So I was just kind of floating around, and I feel like all these labels, everything dissolved in my life. Everything I hit rock bottom. And so this, um, this new book that I wrote was going to be a children's nutrition book. It ended up being a healing book. So now when people ask me about who I am, it's gotten a lot simpler. It's gotten past all that stuff because mm -hmm. now I think a lot of that stuff is things we cling to. And I could see the bullshit of the image I used to really cling to. And a lot of that's gone away. On your book and this notion of perfectly imperfect, um, that's a that's a tricky one for modern society, because as you point out very articulately, we live in this sort of either or, right, black and white kind of um, 
reality, but you kind of tear that down. I'm actually a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> I had eating disorders. I had I was bulimorexic. I was obsessed with being thin. I was obsessed with being having perfect grades. And now this is my fifth book. This is the first time I even talk about having eating disorders. This is the first, my other books, I was on the cover in this perfect pose and a tight dress. I'm slouched on the porch just being myself. And I think when you hit rock bottom, we all have life events that change the course of our existence, I think, going forward. For me, losing my mom within three days of my son turning one. Uh, so I think that this whole idea of perfectly imperfect, we all know our imperfections. We don't have to sit here and list them all. Everybody wants to lose 10 pounds. You know, everybody wants to have better skin. They want to look great on their Instagram feed. But that's still just the outside stuff. So when we connect with the part of us that's constant, that's permanent, the perfection inside, we don't take the outside as seriously. So it's really this and existence. I'm perfect and I'm imperfect. I'm a good mom and sometimes I need more time to myself. I'm healthy and sometimes I'm going to have vendors and drink a bunch of margaritas with my friends. Oh, call me when you do that. <laughs> um, It'll be on my list. It's funny because in prep, you know, just for interviewing you, I actually pulled a quote from the Tao um, just by happenstance. Wonderful. So I'll, I'll read it just because I have it. Um, Under heaven, all can see beauty as beauty only because there is ugliness. All can know good as good only because there is evil. That's the second verse of the Tao. And, um, and so these concepts of being beautiful or being perfect or being smart, they only exist within that duality of their opposite. And the reality is that we are all, we are both things. That's right. You know, I am magnanimous and compassionate and empathetic as much as I can be when I am living from my highest self. But yes, I can also right. live with the awareness that I am often resentful. I am sometimes jealous. Um, I sometimes uh, plot very complicated, um, vengeful schemes. And I do my best to live with that awareness mm -hmm. um, that that is my little self and that is the duality of the human condition. And all we can hope to do is to cultivate the practices and the wisdom to live from our highest self as much as we can. That's right. So the way I understand it now. I just read the commentary on the Tao by Alan Watts. Mm -hmm. Another, I, I'm obsessed with all these different commentaries. And he was the one that made the distinction between duality and dualism. So duality is like the ego. I'm either going to identify with my small self and all my thoughts, or I'm going to expand into, you know, this higher part of me. Whereas dualism, as we were talking about, is that we're all things, the light and the dark. You know, Carl Jung talks a lot about shadow work. In our society, we want to, you know, on Instagram, it's only a an image. We want to pretend our lives are shiny and happy and sunny all the time. Um, but for me, I started going really into the shadow, into the darkness when all this personal stuff happened for me. And I realized I had never really done shadow work. I had I didn't really want to say out loud, oh, I'm, I'm actually um, not perfect. And I eat a bunch of, uh, you know, people, yeah, people think I'm this perfect eater and I'm not. And it's really stressful to live according to this image that we're trying to put out. Mm -hmm. So it almost feels like me, like just relaxing uh, my shoulders and saying, you know, our power is in our whole. 
And we talk a lot about whole foods and the power of the synergy and the cofactors and all the intrinsic factors, everything within the food itself. There's like 2,000 different compounds within an apple. Yet that same holism when we... Um, when we take ourselves and we approach ourselves in that whole holistic, the depth, I say moving from deeper water, that's when we shine. That's when we connect. That's when we're really beautiful. That's when we're really creative because we're not just sticking to this small little stressful image of ourselves. And it's amazing. There's research that I came across recently, Jeff, that is in the new book around bloating and inflammation specifically, mm. which are two topics, which thousands of people write into me all the time about and we can take digestive enzymes we can give up dairy we can do all these different things but people are still bloated and there's amazing research again going back to the holism just because you can't see your emotions your emotional well-being you can see food you can pick it up you can hyper focus but this holism idea is ourselves as whole beings so when emotions have just like the gut brain access goes up and the neurotransmitters in our gut can be in dysbiosis and affect our moods Mm. same thing the other way down when we're holding on to those resentments and the circular thought patterns you know what the zen buddhists call the monkey mind holding on thing body shame guilt um again anger over and over again there's actually research correlating that to physical bloating Mm. holding on to weight and actually inflammation biomarkers going up so this whole idea of holism our whole self um paying attention to our emotions, paying attention to our holism is such a huge part of wellness. And it's ironic for me to say that, you know, five books later, my first two books were very food focused. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's just the beginning part for a lot of us. Yeah. Let's talk about inflammation for a second, because sure. this is a topic uh, that's sort of like what I call like Time Magazine cover yes. level. You know, in fact, I Everybody's think Everybody's talking about, about it, sure. But I don't really think, but there's still like tremendous confusion about actually oh. what it is. So tremendous. if you can w- start from 101, what is okay. inflammation? So in Eastern medicine, think of it as four layers, okay? okay? The first layer is treating disease. That's pretty much where Western medicine in a general allopathic sense stops. Something's already happened, give me the drug or the treatment. Right. Surgery. There's still three levels left. The next one is preventing illness. Mm-hmm. So we want to eat in a certain way. We want to manage stress. We want to exercise. We want to have clean air, clean water, our lifestyle. But there's still two more levels. The second one is living a long, healthy life, which is defined as full cognitive functioning, full use of our limbs, and full use of our five senses. Because, because the fourth level, the whole point of Eastern, which is traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic, and Taoist, the whole point is spiritual growth. Mm. So it means we need a long, we need time. We need a long, healthy life to acquire wisdom, to connect with that perfection inside of us, to connect with spirit. And when we look at it that way, it really is a lifestyle system. It's not health mm. so I can sit around and you know yeah. be on a yacht when I'm 80. Nothing that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. But then it starts to make sense when we approach something like inflammation, which is basically um, in Ayurvedic terms, there's excess pitta, there's excess fire in the body. Your, your body is reacting yeah. to some external or sometimes internal stressor in the case of autoimmune functions and your body's basically uh, reacting. And Mm -hmm. we can't approach that reaction just from food or just from trying to get more sleep or just one thing. If we look at that system of a long, healthy life, spiritual growth, our whole, um, like I was talking about, our emotional well-being, our ability to connect with that inner spirit. When we don't 
um, when we're confused, when we over, when we overweight one aspect, like food in our lifestyle. I see there's food, there's body, which includes exercise, skin, then there's emotional well-being and spiritual growth. If we just focus on one area, we're not really going to overcome inflammation. We're not really going to be truly well. And so um, the way I look at it now in my work and, and the way I think we all need to talk about it is really in a, in a much more holistic, encompassing way with all those cornerstones because, you know, there's people out there talking about inflammation with diet. I get sent these inflammation <laughs> diet books all the time. Sure. Or it's, you know, this one part, just meditate. But if we're not, emotions is such a big thing because I think most all of us are taught to suppress and repress and it goes down into our cells. It's a huge part of the reason most people's digestion is completely screwed up. And it's a huge reason that inflammation is a big problem, I think. And generally, inflammation can also be a good thing. I mean, as, you know, like when I sprain my ankle or if I have an infection, you know, then it is a, a positive body response in some cases. But the problem now is that we're, many of us are living with chronic inflammation. Um, and that I think what I'm understanding from what you're saying is that that can be caused through a whole ver this a whole variety of different means and and you have to approach it in a very holistic way part of it is diet part of it is psychological mental practices yeah. um, how you set up your day so there's a word in sanskrit called dinacharya which is our daily rhythm and our daily routines mm. um, the name of my brand is saluna which is the sun and the moon I it's know. a very shamanic <laughs> way of looking at things well and perfectly imperfect exactly and it's this and, and this all the stuff. <laughs> but it's the idea of sacred rhythms and we mm. see you know the sun comes and then the sun sets and the moon comes we see um, rhythms everywhere in nature and particularly in our body our sympathetic and our parasympathetic nervous system. So when any sort of rhythm gets off balance, to your point, that's where we get that chronic low-grade inflammation. It's like having the brakes on all the time. Um, and so we need to look at the whole rhythm of our day. It can't just be, oh, you know, let me try to eat healthier food. It's, am I regulating my meal times? That will help regulate our sleep cycle. Am I um, meditating regularly? Am I finding ways to process my emotions? These rhythms are disrupted in most people. So until we get back to a natural rhythm, the light and the dark, going into that shadow work, actually looking at the things that hurt us. Um, who is it? Michael Singer talks about it in The Untethered Soul. So in a general sense, I think this restoration of rhythms, think about, but most people don't have enough energy during the day. So they drink coffee and then they can't fall asleep at night. So then they take anti-anxiety and sleep meds. So we're constantly out of rhythm. So our body's constantly going to be inflamed to some extent. We're mindful of all of these things, whether they're meditative practices, um, diet, and physical practices, embodied and spiritual work, um, all in service of being able to self-actualize on some level to... I thought about, okay, well, we're just kind of like having to cover, check a lot of boxes and, 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 you know, deal with all of our inadequacies and our deficiencies, but not in really service of any one big particular thing. So <laughs> imagine when you yeah. have that one big thing, Jeff, it's like yeah. you're anchored in. It's to me, it feels like, ah, oh, there's a great piece in that because it means everything that we're working towards. It's not just 
you know, we're not just flitting around wasting time. We are working towards that goal. I think that the biggest problem that I see, one of the biggest problems is this reductionist approach, right? We talk about holism. We talk about whole foods. We talk about the whole person. But think about how much we chop things up into little categories. So for instance, even with food, people are confused because they're like, should I be eating more fat? Am I getting too much protein or is it the sugar? It's all these numbers. And same thing when we look at our lifestyle. Like you were saying, well, I'm going to do this yoga retreat once in a while or I'm going to meditate here or I'm going to eat my healthy breakfast. It's all these little pieces. And you know what? It's really stressful to juggle a lot of little freaking pieces versus just um, if we can. So in my philosophy, one of the big things is getting away from numbers because I think numbers are very finite and it's the opposite of the Tao of going into the space and expanding. Numbers don't give the whole picture. You know, 500 calories of an avocado digest very differently than 500 calories of fried potato chips. Fat is not fat per se. It's all the energetics. And some of these plants you're talking about are 100 million years old. And think about the intelligence. An adaptogen is so amazing. It's nonspecific. It goes in our body and it knows just what to do. So I think we've lost our way because we focus on these little quantitative measurements, which don't give us the picture. If you don't know what you're eating and you're sticking to some really strict diet and you're eating according to an app or a chart, there's just an easier way to do it based on how we feel, based on connecting with your body. When we focus back on this holism, the rhythms, the ironic thing is when you meditate, when you really um, get your lifestyle under control, there's a different quality to your skin. There's a different quality to your magnetism. Mm. There's a way you show up. There's something in your eyes. You really embody beauty. Yeah. And so same thing with inflammation, health, all these different topics. It's a bigger concept. Yeah. Well, it also seems like like modern life makes us makes it so easy for us to be really screwed up. We lived for tens of thousands of years without chemicals, you know, in our food, on our skin. Are, are we, do you feel like we're in like this, in, like this, for man, for humanity, we're at this inflection point. Like if we don't change consciousness now, essentially we're doomed. There's a lot of things I could say about that. My, uh, my, our mutual dear friend, my co-author in another book, Deepak Chopra says, you will not, I'm paraphrasing here. He says something like we, you will not stay in a situation for long that is unnatural to you. I think that the way a lot of us live is really unnatural. And I read a survey recently that said something like 66% of people were interested in taking a social media detox. Uh, I think we're getting to the point where there's so much, our nervous systems, all this, people can't handle it anymore. And the problem is with all this noise, we talked about the perfect inside, the stillness, the space, the expansive, you know, whatever you want to say, the soul. And then all the stuff on the outside, is noise. All the stuff on the outside is going to reinforce your imperfections. If you're so caught up on this, you're never going to feel happy. Um, And people are not happier with all the noise, with all the wellness trends. People are actually more confused. Like we said, there's more anxiety, there's more insomnia. So it's a real conscious choice. I, the morning routine I teach, stillness and meditation is as fundamental as drinking hot water with lemon and taking SBO probiotics. Mm -hmm. If we don't 
take back some of that attention and turn it inward. Yogananda says, turn the searchlights inward. I think unhappiness and inflammation and accelerated aging and all this stuff is going to continue to exacerbate and uh, accelerate. But I think I like to take a positive approach. I think people are waking up more and more. I see it. I think Mm -hmm. you see it too, Jeff. And people are interested in more of this. People are responding. Yeah. So how much discipline does it require to live the way you live? So for me, it's a lot about taking away. See, people are like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I can add this. And honestly, it's making conscious choices to actually simplify and remove. Mm. Um, I know this is probably extreme for most people. I'm not expecting people to do it. But one of the, the biggest game changer for me was not having a TV. Because it means now I talk to people. They come over. I have dinner with my partner and friends. And we have more of a community. Yeah. It's back to our and word. It's mm. you and me, not you or me. Mm. There's a term scientists have coined now for Instagram specifically called compare and despair. And it's a physiological mm. condition that they're finding. Um, it's a very unhealthy psychology uh, or psych- psychotic reaction to comparing what you see. Uh, comparison very quickly leads to contrasting. Here's my life, here's their life. And that very quickly leads to competition. Right. So that's the that's the or. You or me, I'm better, or you're prettier. Community is and. You and me together. And the dualism, not duality. Like you're going to win or I'm going to win. It goes back to these little words. It's the and. Mm-hmm. And the community, when you take the and out, it takes out. I can feel it in my shoulders. You can feel the, like you say, the lightness, the oneness, the peace that comes from being part of something that's so much bigger than us and that is wellness that's beauty that's real beauty i'm always shying away from hacks but uh, is there a prescription for building connection for achieving that sense of community in the modern world where you know oftentimes we are resorting to social media to have a sense of community and connection but that sometimes can feel false are there like prescriptive things one can do yes so i don't think it's bad to be on instagram or to be to watch tv or to be on social media if you're rooted within yourself first. Mm-hmm. So back to the Saluna philosophy with the cornerstones, I'll give a couple prescriptive tips for each one maybe. Yeah. Um, so food is the starting place for in the healing journey and the wellness journey for a lot of us. It was for me. Unless I got this under control, I'm not going to you know, worried about my meditation as much because I'm bloated all the time. I don't feel good. Yeah. But food can really support connection because that bioenergetics of the food you're putting in do affect your moods. They do affect your energy energy. Um, So two foods I want to call out. Number one is ginger. Uh, Ginger is very simple, very easy to find, very inexpensive. It has a physical feeling when you have a strong ginger tea of warming up your system. Ayurveda says it opens up the 12 shrotas, the 12 pathways. So it's increasing your metabolism and your circulation. It's actually putting you in your body. So when we're in our bodies, we're less in our heads. We're less kind of overanalyzing, overworrying, overintellectualizing. And when we're in our bodies, because we're having an embodied experience, we're on the same plane together. If I can drop down here, I'm going to have an easier 
time connecting with you because it means I'm here. I'm not up somewhere. Hmm. So just ginger is a really warming, wonderful food. I give it to clients and readers all the time. I recommend it just as a simple way to come back. Another way to come back here is uh, root vegetables because again, everything has uh, every food has, a, has an energetic quality to it. And this kapha food, this very mineral dense food grown in the earth, mm-hmm. is going to bring you here. Body wise, so body is the second pillar, which is everything skincare, exercise. So one of the biggest things we can work with is our skin to connect with other people. We need to be here in the now. Our skin is our largest organ; it's completely vasculated. When we're working with the skin, we're working with our nervous system, our endocrine system, our immune system. Um, Ayurveda says that the skin will help bring down the vata. It will bring us here and now. So I say every day at the end of the day, just give yourself a two-minute oil massage Mm. and touch your skin and soothe your nervous system and start to feel more in your body. Okay, so emotionally... I think a lot of people start to feel disconnected because they project out. There's, we have so many wounds. We all have trauma. We all have stuff that happened in our childhood, past lives, if you want to even go there. So sometimes we get disconnected because people trigger us and they bring up things and we say, oh, I don't like that person. Mm. I don't want to be around them. Versus mm. everybody's, here's the paradigm shift. Everybody's a mirror, right? Okay. Everybody's just bringing up, if they bother us, it's because there's some wound inside of us. Mm. So the emotional hack or tip is to when something bothers you to sit with it and let yourself really feel it don't Mm. don't distract yourself don't go on youtube don't get another beer don't go gossip about that person let yourself feel it this is what dr hawkins talks about he Mm -hmm. says about 10 minutes is what it takes for a really intense feeling to cycle through you and when Mm. you do when it does you're helping to heal that wound so let yourself sit in about for 10 minutes Okay, and then spiritually, the other cornerstone, if you want to connect with others, you have to connect with yourself. So all the different meditations out there, stillness, pranayama, breathing, breath work is amazing for getting into your lungs, getting into your body. So these are all some ways to connect more. Yeah, no, I think that's really helpful. And even if I kind of superimpose that quadrant on my own life, I can see that there are areas where I, I that feel very easy for me. Like which ones? Um, like my connective abilities and my emotional abilities are, are I feel developed and strong. That's great. Um, even to the point where I actually worry about myself, which is ironic. Um, but you know, like Maslow said, like one of the flaws of self-actualized people are they, they get over death as if it didn't even happen mm. because they sort of have a innate sense that nothing real ever dies. Right. And um, somehow, sometimes I'm, I'm worried about my own equanimity with things mm. um, where, you know, I'm very even mm-hmm. and I don't go through these kind of very big highs and lows. Um, without medication. Do, do you feel like you've you've done the work, you've transcended it, or do you feel like it's um, avoidance or there's numbing? Well, that's a very good question. Um, at one point, I did feel that there was numbing because, uh, you know, it was sort of a, a, um, a way that I essentially dealt with trauma that of a kid and that, you know, I turned sort of an emotional valve off mm. to as a protective function for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. was, I, you know, Certainly, as I've kind of looked into my own life, I, I've thought about that as um, as a possibility. 
more and more now, I do feel as I've become more aware of uh, my ego and, you know, I can really most of the time catch myself very quickly mm. when I'm living from that place. I've almost trained myself to be able to be like, oh, you're over there again. That's you're, amazing. You're this little guy. That's not easy to do. And and I can, and when I make a mistake, I can generally like acknowledge it and apologize quick, quickly. Mm. Uh, I can see uh, the flaws in other people and forgive them for them. Um, you know, that that's something that's taken a lot of work. And I don't, I don't honestly pretend to be very virtuous. That work was in some ways forced on me, um, you know, through trauma and, and through having to work through it. So, well, you could have gone the other way. You, you know, you opened up instead of closed up. Yeah, so. I could have. And there were plenty of times that I, I plotted that path too. <laughs> Um, but now I've catch myself very quickly and you're like, okay, that's, that's this, you know, your little self, uh, and you should be ashamed to go to God's door. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but anyways, with him around, um, but, uh, but then, you know, the other, there's other places where I struggle. Um, and you know, I know that I had been dealing, but of course I haven't realized it until recently, um, that that I have some form of leaky gut that I've been mm. living with for like a really long time mm. and that I've been in, you know, phases of like hyperinflammation that have then had all sorts of effects on me. Like I had a hip replacement mm -hmm. at 41. Mm -hmm. I have yes. nausea. I've had chronic periods of chronic nausea. Um, and so, you know, f that's the area where I probably mm -hmm. like really mm -hmm. need to focus. Mm -hmm. Um my my discipline and in a way it's like i've started to conflate discipline with being a disciple but sort of being a disciple to my own eternal wisdom i can say for myself imagine i've been studying i've been talking about yeah. i've been writing about this for so long i can honestly say i haven't been in my body until very recently mm. and i think most people are up that's where the confusion comes from i'm going to eat according to this app i'm going to read everything i can about paleo i'm going to figure out how to put my body in ketosis i'm going to i'm going to do 12 spin classes a week it's all up here yeah. hence the rise of wellness the rise also of anxiety and insomnia it's yeah. an epidemic yeah. right so this part about being in our bodies it's like, it's so essential and it's so mm. widespread, this disconnection with our bodies. That that to me and the emotional part, because a lot of people are interested in meditation. People are interested in food. But I think this embodiment and the emotional wellness are the two big cornerstones I see in balance in a lot of people. Yeah. On the meditation front, um, because I think a lot of, that's another like Time Magazine cover, you know, you know, trend or whatever right now. A lot of people, I think the biggest stumbling block for meditation is like, I'm really bad at it. You know, I'm not saying me, I'm just saying Yeah, people, of course. I'm not good at it. I'm That's what they good. say about yoga too. I'm not yeah, flexible. I'm not good at it. <laughs> um, which is, you know, of course, I'm at the point. But um, what would you tell people just to kind of just get over that initial hump of like, oh, oh, my mind, every time I try to sit here and I, you know, I start, try to meditate, my mind's just not, it's just all over the place. I can't even get, I can't even count to 10. Well, I think that's how we all start. I remember I would put my alarm on for, seven, or for I was like, I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes, like Yogananda says. I would put on the alarm and I would feel like, oh my gosh, I must be 
done. This is torture. And I would look and it would be like seven minutes. So I feel like in the beginning, we all think we're wasting time. We all think we're not doing it, but it's a practice. You know, and the longer, the more you sit and you keep trying, it does get better and better. And the other thing I want to say is that's the reason I see emotions as very different than meditation. You can sit and you could have a wonderful meditation, but if you step off your meditation pillow and your emotions are imbalanced, Mm. so you can go into anger very quickly. You can go into comparison mode. So you've squandered any benefit from meditation, right? So to me, balancing your emotions is a way to make you a, quote, better, more effective meditator. What is your mission now? having studied and written, but also experienced, I guess, you know, these inflection points of deep trauma Mm -hmm. that have also likely been your greatest teacher? To me, I really, there's been such a huge, huge, huge paradigm shift where it's about that community. It's about connection. And my mantra now is teaching people, nourish your whole self and feel good. So that's my whole purpose. So if you break that down, what does it mean to feel good? Feeling good, first of all, feeling instead of thinking, feeling, hmm. getting back to unnumbing, undistracting ourselves, actually feeling when we're hungry, feeling our feelings, feeling close to other people. It feels good to be connected. It feels like shit if we're up in our head all the time or we're anxious and we're confused. So it's teaching people they have the inner guru. They have the inner wisdom. We need to drop in, create this lifestyle, but actually feel good. And then the first part, nourishing your whole self. This is me. When I was a chronic dieter, Jeff, and I wrote my first book, the dedication was to the freedom of women everywhere. You don't have to diet like this. You don't have to obsess. There's a way to optimize your energy and digestion and your food combining and all this stuff. And it can be easier, right? So now I want to shout from the rooftops, hey, it's not just about food. It's your whole self. It's all the stuff we're talking about with the emotions. That is a huge impact on your bloating and your inflammation. And so my mission now is teaching people to nourish the wholeness and feel good from that. And I'm working on it myself. I'm a work in progress. I'm, you know, messy and imperfect and I mess up and I screw up all the time. But I've become aware of certain tools and certain, you know, the paradigm that I really want to teach. And that is my life work. It's what I'm really passionate about. I love connecting with people. I love women. I love all my circles I do and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's what really lights me up. You know, I um, obviously we have a wonderful connection and I, I admire you um, tremendously for Thank many, you. many reasons. But I'll tell you one of the reasons that I love you so much is that when you come and visit me, um, here in Topanga, which is often, and I, and I don't have to twist your arm, and I'm I'll be here all uh, the time. <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. Um, you're always, you know, you're always optimistic and extroverted and connective, and you're talking to people and you're sharing your wealth of knowledge, and and you're just having a good time. But I will also say, every time that you walk in, you're always carrying your son. Mm. Every time, and it's very, very sweet. And it's very uh, affectionate and warm. And I love that. Mm, Thank Thank you, you. Jeff. Yeah. That's so sweet. Being a mother, losing my mother, becoming a single mother, all kind of happened in this little period, part of the, you know, the divine feminine experience. And like I said, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom Mm -hmm. to go up. (laughs) Well, 
On the scale of imperfect to perfect, I think you're pretty close to perfect. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I love you so much. I'm so you. grateful for you. Thank you. God bless you. Hey, thanks a lot for listening to my interview with Kimberly Snyder. You can find out more about Kimberly at mysaluna.com or check out her new book, Recipes for Your Perfectly Imperfect Life. I just could talk to Kimberly forever. We share tons of interests, but mostly the Tao. Kimberly's helped me come to peace with the notion of dualism, that there is both good and there is evil, that there is light and there is dark. I'm Jeff Krasno. Thanks for listening to the Commune Podcast. I'll see you next week. Yeah.